Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of Place Prepared Podcast, where we talk about all things spiritual and all things manifestation. Let's demystify reality creation together. In this episode, we continue with the series where we read in chronological order Neville Goddard's books. This season, we will be reading Awakened Imagination and The Search. I will be reading this off of Neville Goddard's Complete Reader on Amazon Kindle. Before we get into the episode, I know I said in the season 2 premiere that we would be reading Feeling is a Secret, but I think I just got too excited for Feeling is a Secret that I completely skipped over Awakened Imagination and The Search. So season two is Awakened Imagination and the Search. Season three will be Feeling is a Secret. Awakened Imagination is amazing on its own, so let's just get right into it. Awakened Imagination and the Search, Chapter 1. Who is your imagination? I rest not from my great task to open the external worlds, to open the immortal eyes of man inwards into the worlds of thought, into eternity ever expanding in the bosom of God. The Human Imagination Blake, Jerusalem 518-20 Certain words in the course of long use gather so many strange connotations that they almost cease to mean anything at all. Such a word is imagination. This word is made to serve all manner of ideas, some of them directly opposed to one another. Fancy, thought, hallucination, suspicion, indeed, so wide is its use and so varied its meaning. The word imagination has no status nor fixed significance. For example, we ask a man to use his imagination, meaning that his present outlook is too restricted and therefore not equal to the task. In the next breath, we tell him that his ideas are pure imagination, thereby implying that his ideas are unsound. We speak of a jealous or suspicious person as a victim of his own imagination, meaning that his thoughts are unsound true. A minute later, we pay a man the highest tribute by describing him as a man of imagination. Thus, the word imagination has no definite meaning. Even the dictionary gives us no help. It defines imagination as 1. The picturing power or act of the mind, the constructive or creative principle. 2. A phantasm. 3. An irrational notion or belief. 4. Planning, plotting, or scheming as involving mental construction. I identify the central figure of the Gospels with human imagination, the power which makes the forgiveness of sins, the achievement of our goals, inevitable. My thoughts? Well, so far I don't have that many thoughts. I just find it interesting everything that he's saying because it's true. You know, we will say, oh, use your imagination and you can create something amazing. But then we say, oh no, it's just your imagination. You're crazy. So which one is it? Is it being creative or am I being crazy? All right, let's continue. All things were made by him and without him was not anything made that was made. John 1, 3. There is only one thing in the world, imagination and all our deformations of it. He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. Isaiah 53.3 Imagination is the very gateway of reality. Man, said Blake, is either the ark of God or a phantom of the earth and of the water. Naturally, he is only a natural organ subject to sense. The external body of man is the imagination. That is God himself, the divine body. Yadshin Ayin from right to left. Jesus, we are his members. Now let's stop right there for just a second. What he's talking about here is if we did not have imagination, then we would just be a body. Our actual body 
is the subconscious and stores data and is a it's just made up of senses anything that we've ever seen touched smelt heard tasted is stored in our body for information purposes only the body is just made up of data and the best way that i can explain it is if you've ever seen those videos where they have to they're they're blindfolded and they can't see what's in the box or any box, whatever, and they have to touch it and figure out what it is. The mind starts to run through all its programs of what it, what it could possibly be. That's all it's for. And our imagination is what makes it seem like it might be something bad, something scary. Our imagination is what gives it life. If you had no imagination, you would not give life to anything. Things would just be. That's not to say that when you are in the present moment, you are not imagining, but that if you want to give life to something, you have to exercise your imagination. Our imagination is the thing that is giving the stories to what we sense. This body is just sensing. It's just storing information, but your imagination is what brings the stories to life and repeats these stories and makes it seem like it's greater or less than what it is. I will post in my stories a clip of one of those videos where people are touching something and they think that it's something else. Anyways, let's keep going. I know of no greater and truer definition of the imagination than that of Blake. By imagination, we have the power to be anything we desire to be. Through imagination, we disarm and transform the violence of the world. Our most intimate as well as our most casual relationships become imaginative as we awaken to the mystery hid from the ages, that Christ in us is our imagination. We then realize that only as we live by imagination can we truly be said to live at all. I want this book to be the simplest, clearest, frankest work I have the power to make it, that I may encourage you to function imaginatively, that you may open your immortal eyes inwards into the worlds of thought, where you behold every desire of your heart as a ripe grain, why all ready to harvest? I am come that they might have life, and that they might have it more abundantly. John 10.10 10. The abundant life that Christ promised us is ours to experience now, but not until we have the sense of Christ as our imagination can we experience it. The mystery hid from the ages, Christ in you, the hope of glory, Colossians 1.26.27, is your imagination. This is the mystery which I am ever striving to realize more keenly myself and to urge upon others. Imagination is our Redeemer, the Lord from heaven, born of man, but not begotten of man. Every man is Mary and birth to Christ must give. If the story of the Immaculate Conception and birth of Christ appears irrational to man, it is only because it is misread as biography, history, and cosmology. And the modern explorers of the imagination do not help by calling it the unconscious or subconscious mind. Imagination's birth and growth is the gradual transformation from God of tradition to a God of experience. If the birth of Christ in man seems slow, it is only because man is unwilling to let go the comfortable but false anchorage of tradition. When imagination is discovered as the first principle of religion, the stone of literal understanding will have felt the rod of Moses and like the rock of Zin, issue forth the water of psychological meaning to quench the thirst of humanity and all who take the proffered cup and live a life according to this truth will transform the water of psychological meaning into the wine of forgiveness then like the good samaritan 
they will pour it on the wounds of all. The Son of God is not found in history, nor in an external form. He can only be found as the imagination of him in whom his presence becomes manifest. O oh, would thy heart but be a manager for his birth! God would once more become a child on earth. Man is the garden in which this only begotten Son of God sleeps. He awakens the Son by lifting his imagination up to heaven and clothing man in a godlike stature. We must go on imagining better than the best we know. I think this is a really good place to stop. Even though chapter 1 is not very long, we need to process everything that was just said. So I only can speak based on my own interpretations and my own understanding and my own experiences. But I think the main message that we should take from this reading so far is the importance that we give to stories and how we exercise our imagination. And what I mean is, your imagination is the stories you tell yourself about you and of others. With our imagination, we have the power to give life to stories. We are natural born storytellers. So if there is something in your life that you do not like, it is because you're giving it a story. You're adding meaning to it. Or you created a meaning before it was even made manifest. So Neville says, Through imagination, we disarm and transform the violence of the world. Our most intimate as well as our most casual relationships become imaginative as we awaken the mystery hid from the ages that Christ is us in our imagination. We then realize that only as we live by imagination can we truly be said to live at all. You are the imagination. You are the awareness. If you are not alive, then you cannot give life to any form, not even your body. Your body essentially is just a vegetable at all times. And you, your awareness, your imagination is what gives life to your body and to your life and to everything in it. So your body is really just a vessel for your awareness, for your Christ, for your imagination. So how can we use this to manifest what we want? Well, so Neville says, by imagination, we have the power to be anything we desire. Open your immortal eyes inwards into the worlds of thought, where you behold every desire of your heart as ripe grain, white already to harvest. If you come to an understanding that your awareness and imagination is Christ, what that means is that that is life. So I don't want to sound redundant, but maybe it just needs to be heard or said by me. I don't know. I'm just going to say it. Our awareness, our imagination is Christ in the sense that in the Bible it says God is the giver of life. Nothing can exist without you being aware of it, without you imagining it. That is the only way that it can exist. If you would like to manifest something in your life, you have to become aware of it. How do you become aware of something? Well, you exercise your imagination. And in exercising your imagination, you start to feel as if you are that person. In manifesting, the only goal is to believe that you are the version of you who has what they want or is who they want to be. That is easier said than done. But we have the power and as long as we remember what our imagination is, then we have more freedom or we feel more open to the idea of just imagining for the sake of imagining, for the sake of feeling good, for the sake of having fun. Now, if you know and understand that you are 
pure imagination and that everything and anything is just made up by you, then you can grow to learn and trust this imagination. So to summarize all of this and how to apply it to what you want to do or what you're already doing is to realize and notice the stories that you're already telling yourself or most commonly known as inner conversations. Your goal should be to discipline and be able to direct your thoughts and your imagination because remember, you are the source of life and the reason that things exist. So, to gain control of your imagination and to be able to direct it where you want to and tell the stories that you want to tell, that is where techniques come in. Techniques are just there to help you achieve the feeling of the wish fulfilled or to help you focus on the story you actually want to tell. Number one, remember that you are just imagination. You are awareness and you are the only one. There is only one God. There is only you. You are the only one who has any control over the stories that are being told. Number two, Learn to exercise your imagination the way you want it to. Do not doubt your imagination and do not doubt your power. You have to trust that your imagination is the one and only reality. I hope you enjoyed this episode and I will see you on part two. Thank you for listening to Place Prepared Podcast. Be sure to subscribe, like, comment, or review. All the links to see more or get in contact with me are in the description. Happy manifesting.